A poor soul of noble origins, a squire tested in battle, a knight-errant forged in Camelot, a man strengthened by love. Join Adam as Sir Gulliston and Craig as the Game Master in Blood and Lust, a King Arthur Pendragon duet game of chivalry and mythic adventure. Let us win glory for our king, who will reward us with honors and lands, and the devil take the hindmost. Before we get into this, Adam, would you like to give our listeners a quick tour of your character sheet? Because I don't think we even hit the what you ended up on your skills yet. Yeah, okay. So uh, do you want me to just like go from personal data just right down to just the sure, nitty gritty yeah, of all of it? Yeah, just go and kind of summarize it as you go. Sure thing. Okay. So my name, Goliston. Uh, I'm 20 years old, born in the year 510. I am my father's fifth son, fourth, fifth son. Uh, Fifth son, fourth one to be a knight. Right. I hail from Huntington and I'm of the Simric culture. My religion is British Christian. My Lord is the most honorable Sir Gregor de Stafford. And my current class is a poor squire, poor knight squire. Uh, Current home, Castle Terrible. French French name, not a terrible place. Uh, personality traits. My chaste is 13 and my lustful is 7. My energetic is 14 and my lazy is 6. My forgiving is 12 and my vengeful is 8. My generous is 17 and my selfish is 3. My honest is 16 and my deceitful is 4. My just is 16 and my arbitrary is 4. My merciful is nine and my cruel is 11. My modest is 16 and my proud is four. My prudent is 10 and my reckless is 10. My spiritual is 10 and my worldly is 10. My temperate is 12 and my indulgent is eight. My trusting is 14 and my suspicious is six. And also my valorous is 14 and my cowardly is six. For my passions... Uh, my passion, uh, my loyalty for my Lord is 15. Use some freebies to boost that one up uh, because really like this character of Sir Gregor de Stafford, even though I haven't really met him yet. So I wanted us to start on a good foot. Uh, my love for my family is 18. My hospitality is 17. And my honor is 18. For the equipment I'm carrying, I have a gambeson and a helm. Also have a shield, a sword, a spear, a dagger, and a horse, a sumter. My attributes are 18 uh, in size, so quite a large fellow. My dex is 10. My strength is 10. My con is 16. And my app is 12. So that puts my damage at 5d6. My healing rate at 3. My movement rate at two and my total hit points at 34 and I fall unconscious at nine hit points. My distinctive feature is that I'm burly, not really muscular, not really just a a big, like you said, he's a, a big strapping lad for his skills. I have a six in awareness, a one in boating, a zero in compose, a nine in courtesy, a 10 in dancing, a 3 in fairy lore, a 3 in falconry, a 10 in first aid, a 15 in flirting, a 2 in folklore, a 3 in gaming, a 5 in heraldry, a 10 in hunting, a 5 in intrigue, a 3 in orate, a 6 in play harp, a 0 in read Latin, a 3 in recognize, two in religion, a four in romance, a 10 in singing, a two in stewardship, a two in swimming, and a five in tourney. For my combat skills, I have, oh, let me cover glory first. I have a total of 172 glory. Um, I don't know, that's maybe like pending glory right now. For my combat skills, I have a 12 in battle, a 10 in horsemanship. I didn't write anything in horsemanship. So I think uh, 10 is a base. Okay. So 10 in horsemanship, 
uh, 10 in sword, a 15 in spear expertise, and a two in siege. Um, my horse is a sumpter. And let's see, we haven't, I haven't uh, calculated my glory rewards yet, but for my army or family army, I should say, there's three middle-aged knights, four young knights, AKA my brothers, 14 other lineage men, and a Levi of 54, Levy of 54. Some important uh, dates in my history so far, the year 510, I was born. The year 514 started to squire for Gregor. And in the year 530, that's the current year. And I think that covers everything on the sheet so far. All right. Are you ready? Yes. In the year of our Lord, 510, the boy Arthur, long lost son of King Uther Pendragon, pulled the sword from the stone and united all Britain under his rule. The magnanimous Arthur, with all the kings and military force in Britain, fought against the Saxons, and though there were many more noble than himself, he was twelve times chosen their commander and was often conqueror. Since then, the young king has sought to expand his dominion over the Western world and has taken all of Gaul, Germania, and even the internal city of Rome. Now, King Arthur looks to add the Emerald Isle to his collection. It is 530 and all hell is breaking loose on the battlefield of Terra. Story opens, you are in Ireland. As I mentioned, uh, this is the beginning of a campaign to finally pacify some of the remaining holdouts of the realm, or what will be the realm. King Arthur has been conquering for like the last couple decades now, and you, in support of your Lord and Knight, Sir Gregor de Stafford, are lined up on the hills of Terra, which is a small area uh, kind of west of Dublin. And like any summer in Ireland, it is raining. As a young squire of 20, um, you've been you've been around a little bit um, now, but what sort of things are you doing to sort of get your knight ready to, for battle? So probably just being by my Lord's side whenever, whenever it seems like he needs me and also trying not to be in his way when it seems like he doesn't. Uh, I would just be carrying and maintaining his equipment and just kind of like focusing on Sir Gregor uh, above all else, kind of just... I guess doing what he what he believes he's he's supposed to what he believes somebody in his in his position and in his station is supposed to do. He'd probably be uh, just like maintaining his stuff, taking care of his of uh, of his lord's horse, and um, just making sure everything is ready. You're probably the senior squire at age twenty um, at this point, so you are what is considered uh, the body squire, meaning. A lot of times you're the one responsible for making sure your knight's harness fits well. Sir Gregor, being a round table knight, has the finest partial plate that you have ever seen and had the chance to handle. You've probably been, uh, you're very familiar with his body and it's a weird sort of intimate thing that like you probably know his body better than like any of his lovers, which it's odd to think about now, but like you're, you're, you're up there like all the time, just kind of like making sure things are fitting right and well, because this is literally a matter of life and death for your knight. So you're, you're doing things like you're, you're sharpening his sword on a whetstone. You're, you train with them, make sure he's fresh. You're bringing him water. You, there's other um, squires that are kind of worried about the, his horse. You're basically concentrating on him and, it's looking like things are getting started ready to go and the camp is sort of like kind of emerging and um, the there's talk about um, forming lines for battle. Uh, Galston would probably approach Sir Gregor and then he would ask him, what would you have me do, sir? Would you have <laughs> me hold your banner, ready your armor? My lances, of course. Skip my lances. Make sure they're ready, squire. And, Sir, of course. Yeah, and he he talks to you brashly because like like this is like his thing, you know. Now, like he's 
he is a seasoned knight. He's getting up there in age. He's approaching 60 at this point. And he's a veteran of a lot of the campaigns in Italy. And this is just one of the like the latest thing. And you're you're probably kind of even surprised that a man this old can be in as great of fighting shape as he is. You're looking around, you're seeing colorful banners everywhere. A lot of them are just like a rainbow of colors and shapes and charges. It's kind of hard to kind of keep them all straight, but um, there is one, uh, one banner that is like recognizable to even the commonest of peasants. And it is a blue field with three crowns stacked on top of it. And you know, this to be the uh, official banner of your sire and King, King Arthur at this time, he's, about 38 years old and you know he's really going into his prime he is a stately handsome knight uh still robust and strong after many years of conquering but he's you know starting to show some gray in his whiskers and his temples um he still has a very noble bearing and a noble voice and you're seeing like he's just kind of walking around um an army of squires and other round table knights are just awaiting on his orders. And then like he, you, you see him and he kind of nods the one and there's a lot of shouting and com- um, commotion at, at this point. And you kind of have this feeling like it's going down now. Sir Gregor, I believe the action's about to take place. Let me ready your lance at once. And then I kind of just run off to, to get his, to get his things. Uh, he definitely has been yelled at by his lord many times, but it, it lights a fire under him every single time. And, uh, you know, he he admires the man just still pressing on in this way, even despite his his uh, age. So he just um, but yeah, he he's very like, you know, like loyal to him. So he he runs and, and readies the the lance as quickly as he can. So he uh, kind of looks at uh, the whole entourage of arthur and his squires in a little bit of awe as he just kind of like sees this uh it would be a legendary man to him right uh because he's still he is a hero at this time uh so seeing him would be like uh quite a quite a, a moment the king arthur a living legend in his own time like his glory right now is they stopped keeping track of it in the book it, it, there's a fun joke about that but uh you go into uh, Sir Gregor's uh, pavilion tent. It's uh, white with green striping on because it sounds cool. And, you know, you see his little bed pallet that um, probably one of the other squires had been keeping maintained. And outside of it, you see his three lances that he would be carrying into a battle this size. It would be probably your duty to get him that first lance and but ride into battle carrying the other two in case he needs a rearm. So your job in the battle is basically to keep your knight armed at all times. So yeah, like, I'm going to hold his stuff. He's going to be so proud. Yeah. Cause at this time, like um, honestly, a knight is like a crew served weapon. You have basically area denial is what you're doing with him. Um, you got this armored guy who's basically going to be able to go down and hold an area and cut down peasants or anyone less well-armored than himself. The, the battle tactics of the day is to charge in with a lance, crash up against the first army um, that you get, and then fight your way back and do it again. That's, that's the, that is the tactic and as you're collecting the three lances that you're going to bring to him, you saw one of his um, other squires has already got him mounted on a horse and is handing up um, his helmet. Uh, how do you feel about that? Because that's kind of your job. Uh, he's like a little bit outraged because he's like, like he, part of him wants to kind of like rush over and be like, no, what are you doing? Because he knows that he is the best suited for this task. Like you said, he he knows his body better than a lot of his lovers, and uh, he doubts that somebody else can even put the helmet on right. And uh, he's worried that you know even just the smallest thing could could be a distraction. And uh, 
you know, he's he is going to actually kind of like go over and and as he's giving the lance to to Sir Gregor, he's going to kind of interrupt and adjust the helmet to make sure it is on right. Uh, he doesn't want this thing falling off or coming out of place uh, in the heat of battle. That would that would be ridiculous. And uh, and like you said, he's he's a little bit kind of like insulted that somebody else would would do his most honorable job. So you are a notably notably modest squire however this is a very proud thing for you to be thinking so i want you to take a check mark and put it in proud because you're you're acting kind of like out of character for yourself true i didn't even consider that but yeah that is definitely a a proud yeah Mm -hmm. and what i want you to do is as we're playing just keep an eye on your personality traits and have that shape how you're going to feel about it. Um, I'm going no takesies backsies with these actions though. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't have um, it any other way. Um, 16s and, and above, they're notable traits. So you kind of like have to, you you kind of have to act in that certain way unless other things happen. But uh, we're, we're going to go with a check now because um, I don't want to get too much into rolling at this point. Gotcha. So you do you adjust uh, Sir Gregor's helmet and hand him his first um, lance up. He sits there and inspects a little bit and nods approving at it, and then looks to you and says, "Squire, horse yourself." Yes, sir. And I, I mount my my horse. The lines are formed at the Battle of Terra. It is a very very large battle. You don't know really any like other reasons why this battle is actually taking place. You're kind of like you're a squire. So you're pretty much dumb as rocks. Um, nothing's ever really explained to you um, why you're here fighting, but you know, this is what your King demanded of your knight. So you are going to be supporting him. The lines are formed up on the crest of this hill. And you see this vast Irish mob army in front of you. And, like you look around, you see like people are either super excited or they're being they're nervously like tapping their lances with their fingers or just like horses are stamping their feet. And like there is just like like this feeling in the air that something's just going to happen real, real soon. And people are just waiting for it to happen. What's uh what's Golston feeling right now? Like a nervousness in his stomach. He's definitely kind of in the more nervous side of the of the two groups I would say you know there's there's some that are battle ready and and kind of like gearing up ready to go can see like an excitement in their eyes he would probably have a very grave expression on his face he's like readying himself mentally but also just trying to appear as like as stoically like just you know uncaring and, and like you know un, unafraid as he can be for his for his lord sir gregor doesn't want him to sense any weakness in his in his um demeanor okay so what i'm gonna have you do right now is roll your valorous trait to see exactly how well that's coming across so what you're gonna do is roll a d20 and you are going to try to roll a 14 or lower and that's a 18 so, um, so check your cowardly, or actually, hold on. Um, you, you don't check it yet. Now, since you failed the left side trait, you're going to roll against the right side trait, and that's a nine on a six. So that's a fail as well. You have this conflict in you. Don't, don't check it, either of these, by the way. But you can act how you want to act. You're not swayed by either side of your traits. So. You're you put on your stoic mask, and you're probably like wishing at this point that little nasal um, tang on your helmet it was a little bit wider, so it could cover more of your fear. But you know, you kind of suck it up, climb aboard your sumter, and like fall into place behind Sir Gregor. So this is a huge battle, and you're actually positioned relatively close to uh, your commander, who is. King Arthur himself. All is silent as um, he gets to the front of the line and he pulls 
a sword from his scabbard and holds it aloft in the air. Uh, this, you know, is Excalibur itself. And you kind of like have this feeling like uh, being inspired at this point, but you are a lowly squire and really have no homage to him yet. So you see a lot of the other men around you become inspired. King Arthur, your knight, your leader, your liege, holds the sword aloft and shouts. And he shouts, for Britain and St. George. The cheer is echoed throughout the army. And many of the ranks um, to the sides kind of pick up in a trot and then a canter. And they speed up until the horses are in a gallop. You and Sir Gregor, however, are roundtable knights. He's a roundtable knight, so you're supporting him as King Arthur's personal guard, and you are held in reserve. You watch as the first charge crashes into the enemy army. Um, You see what um, Irish there are, horse, just becoming on horse, and it's just, just tearing him apart, and... The, the first um, charge rolls over there and just continues on in the next rank. And there's a loud shout of huzzah everywhere as like, like people around here are just like watching them battle intently, trying to just make like sense of it all and try to develop some strategy from it. At this point, can you roll me a battle roll? Yes. Uh, two on a 12. First off, uh, check your battle because uh, that's that is a pass skill. You pass your um, battle and you're able to kind of see like this thing, kind of this whole formation, kind of um, swarming around the Irish defenders. You're just kind of watching intently and just you kind of marveled at the mastery of it because like they're like you got two sides of this maneuver, just like splitting at the last second and then crushing in and like flanking the um, enemy horsemen and just unhorsing them. And you're just watching like over the course of like a half hour as this takes place. And you feel pretty good in yourself that you're able to have some insight into your King's strategy and probably feeling a bit proud. Um, You then um, notice that uh, there's another line of Irish uh, mounted knights, if they could even be called that coming up on the, right flank of one of your lines and you're not you're not the only one who noticed and arthur himself notices and and cheats his sword and his squire hands him up a lance and he says round table knights men on me and your uh reserve unit goes uh forward and is able to crash in you you watch as uh sir gregor um joins in the fighting along with them. And can you make me an awareness roll? See if you could keep your eyes on him. So I rolled a one on a six. I'm assuming one is is good, right? Or no? Oh, I can't hear you. Are you muted? Hello? Okay, you're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a little bit confusing, but one is good enough. You keep your eyes on him. Check your awareness, by the way. And you're able to keep... You, you see um, that... He spears uh, his opponent um, with the lance, and uh, at at some point he's going to be uh, wanting a rearm. So he he drops the broken lance, pulls out his sword, and kind of over the course of like twenty minutes fights with the sword and kind of waits for King Arthur's um, banner to head back, and then they kind of pull back and go back on the reserve you notice that your uh that your knight is sweaty and is unarmed so he reaches out his hand for you i rearm him and i i give him some water you know if he he takes his helmet off and i begin to wipe the sweat from his forehead i begin to like you know i he would do anything even if it was like massaging his muscles before he goes back out there uh whatever whatever was required and I would think that uh, he maybe even like has kind of like developed a, a good sense of like, or not good, but like a okay sense of being able to judging from the, from the battle uh, guess what might be needed from his Lord. So he's, you know, as his, as his Lord rides in, he uh, immediately is um, 
giving him some water, readying the next lance, uh, maybe trying to inspire him with, with some words a little bit and just being like, you're great out there, my lord. Thank you, squire. Those uh, those Irish bastards are tough, but they're no knights. <laughs> and like he greedily sucks down the water and um, he tosses the skin back to you. And as you do that, you notice that there's a small cut on his arm. My lord, you have a cut on your arm. Let what? me tend to that before you go back out. Oh, fine, but make it quick. Roll me first aid, please. That's a fail. 11 on a 10. So, you, you notice, like, looks like uh, one of the enemy's weapons might have uh, got through his mail, and you're trying to, like, hold it up while work on it, and you know if you weren't both horsed, and, like, he wasn't wearing his mail, and there wasn't a battle going on, or you had more time, you could probably get it, but he's just like, oh, just forget it, lad, just forget it. Here, uh, and, like, he takes the, the lance back from you, and, like, pops down his uh, visor on his helmet and um, awaits the orders. Um, your, your attention gets drawn back to the uh, battle and you're seeing, because you made your battle roll earlier, that things are developing and one of the lines on the left this time is needing some support. So King Arthur again calls the the charge and the group of round table knights supporting him in reserve go through forth and they're like they crash into the side of him and as before sir gregor breaks his lance and you watch proudly as he's like kind of again hacking away he unhorses his enemy and you actually see something uh walking around on the battlefield can you make me a horsemanship roll big fail uh 18 on a 10. You see this um prized like like white war horse just kind of just walking around, but and it's just being left unattended, just roaming the battlefield. But you think it'd be kind of risky to go for it. You're not quite sure if you'd be able to get back in time. But it's just kind of like sitting there and it's just like pawing its hoof on the ground and just like it's this magnificent horse probably worth more than anything any of your brothers have ever owned. So I'm equal parts prudent and reckless. So it's tough to say. Uh, yeah. I think you, that, I think you, that he needs to stick with the matter at hand and uh, be, be aware of his Lord and just focused on that. Would you like to, because you, you did fail your horsemanship role, so you know it's probably not just going to come closer to you, but would you like to roll off between them to see if you if if you feel strongly one way or another at this moment? Yes. Okay, so I'll, I'll try to see if I get so, a success on either. Or Yeah, um, so roll me a prudent first. That's a fail on prudent. Okay, so, that, so now it's time to roll reckless. You don't have any directed traits, but it's... We'll we'll see if uh how um how you're feeling against it. That's also a fail. So a nineteen so on that. You're not feeling any which way about it. So it's up to you what you want to decide to do. I'm I'm gonna leave it. I think part of me is like he sees it. It's like a it's a fine horse, and you know maybe people would be proud of me if I took it. But at the same time, like I could I could bring dishonor by by getting sidetracked in this battle and this is important this is my lord's life here so i think uh ultimately he's going to kind of like err on the side of caution and although it's interesting to him and it's it's definitely something that's like really catching his eye it's like a beautiful horse uh he's going to be like trying as hard as he can to just focus on sir gregor and uh being there to support him all right. That's that's fair. Um, you watch and you're, you're you're watching the horse for a long time because it's taking you some time to make this decision. And your your stomach kind of sinks a little bit as you see like this Irish man at arms kind of just running after it. And it's almost comical as he's like slipping around in the mud and the rain. And he's just kind of like like running after it and just failing immensely, but then he finally gets the reins and mounts it and rides it away. And it's a bit disappointed, but uh, you, you feel that you still made the right choice. And uh, 
Golston probably mutters something under his breath about damn Irish heathens don't don't deserve a steed that fine. But he'll he'll uh he'll dismiss it after a while and and yeah. uh, begin focusing on the battle again. Yeah, you get some uh, commiserating uh, looks and like grumbles from some of the other squires who are kind of left behind as well. Your attention focuses back onto the battle, and can you make me a recognize roll, please? So, if I have a three and I roll a three, does that is that pass or fail? Sorry, I Check think it. you might have gotten muted again. Can you hear me now? Yeah. That is actually a critical. So first off, check recognize. And you're looking around trying to refocus and find uh, your knight. But like everyone is kind of covered in rain and mud and gunk at this point and blood. And uh, you see him like victorious as like he's drawing his sword and trying to fight his way back to the line as before following um, uh, your King Arthur and like, He's like, okay, yeah, there he is. I I see him, and he's riding back towards you. And like, you could just um tell that he's super happy with how he's doing. And you're just watching him as um, he's kind of fighting his way back. And um, all of a sudden, you see the horse that he's riding on. Its leg just buckles, and he is thrown from the horse. And he's rolling around in the uh, mud and screens of horses come in um, between you and him and your sight's obscured and you no longer see your knight. Okay. Um, I don't know if this would be like breaking, breaking form, but I would definitely try to ride out um, to try to, to try to get in. His life is worth way more than mine and he's my Lord. And uh, so, I mean, this, you know, this would be my ass if, uh, if I don't do something right now. So I'm going to, I think he's just going to try to like ride out into the, into the action and see if he can see if he can uh, get his Lord back. So you ride off from the line of squires and from behind you, you hear, where are you going? We're supposed to stay back here from one of the other squires. Uh, Golliston quietly mutters a prayer to himself as he just kicks the horse a little bit harder and ignores those voices behind him right now and I normally wouldn't make you roll for this um but you you saw how muddy it was can you roll me horsemanship again that is a fail yeah so it is taking you uh quite some time to like cr- across the um cross the uh battlefield in search of your knight you're looking all over for him and like how are, how are you feeling at this point really scared i feel like uh as i get closer to the the scene of, of the action, basically it's my heart is just kind of beating through my chest. Uh, I feel like really nervous, but at the same time, part of me is saying that this is the right thing to do. And uh, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't act on, on doing what I personally believe is like the, the right thing to do in this situation. He's my Lord. And even if this means I'm going to get my head cut off right now, like I think that, it's might even be easier than explaining like what, you know, what the hell were you doing when, uh, when we needed you. And also I, I feel as though he feels very fired up from Arthur's rousing speech, even though it's not necessarily directed at like him specifically, he felt a little bit of a fire inside when, when that rousing speech and then to see his Lord crash against the enemy and just, he's getting a little bit swept up in it. So even though he's nervous and there's like this almost like excitement and um, like a sense of um, a sense of like of duty and like he has to um, he has to act on what he think is what he thinks is just. You you failed your horsemanship. So you have you really have to slow down to try to like get your bearing again and try to find the spot where you saw him and you're looking around, you're looking around and you you see that um, Sir Gregor is still near his horse, but in fact, at this point, he's pinned underneath it, and you see this Irish goon of a man um, kind of uh, making his way closer to uh, your lord, possibly to murder him, possibly to take him as ransom. Either way, that's not great. You are holding uh, your knight's third and final lance in your hands at this point what do you do so 
I see him under the horse. I see this Irishman approaching and I'm on my horse holding his lance. Would it be, I I mean, I don't want to like meta too much, but what would be considered the etiquette of using his lance to potentially save him under any other circumstance? I'm, I'm not a knight. I would not use this, this tool that is not made for me. But at the same time, I think that like certain situations call for like just any kind of, you know, any kind of action, you know? So uh, unless he can, he can um, discard it and and get his own weapon out. I think he'd probably just maybe just try to drive, uh, drive his Lord's Lance into this, into this Irishman if, if, if he could. So are are you going to think about it or are you just going to do it? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You mentioned you are pretty fired up. Would you like to uh, impassion yourself at this point? Ooh, what's that? So, as we mentioned earlier, passions are what drive and hinder your knight's actions. So, what you would do is you would roll your passion first, and if you pass it, you get a bit of a bonus to your attack or to whatever skill you're trying to impassion. In this case, it's probably going to be spear expertise. Yeah, I would like to. Uh, I would like to invoke my passion. Uh, so, would it be like my my loyalty to my lord? Because I think that's the one that's driving me the oh, most. Oh, he's right totally now. the one there. So yeah. you should probably use that one. Oh, nice! And I got a success, a four on a fifteen. All right. First of all, you're going to check your passion. All right. So you got a regular success. So you are inspired. You have a plus ten modifier to your presumably spear expertise which will raise it to a uh, 25 at this point. So you have a, you have to roll um, under a 25 on a 20 sided die. So what this does when you actually exceed 20 is um, the mount over kind of increases your crit range. So now you would um, be critting on a 15 and above. Also you are on a horse going up against a guy on the ground and you have a spear, so you'll have an additional plus 10, because he's just this guy on the ground. So now you would crit on a five or above. Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm trying to just uh, ram into him. So would I just uh, roll my, my spear expertise? Roll a d20, yep. And that's a 15. All right, I am going to roll uh, his skill. He passes, but he doesn't have a shield. He did not crit. You did crit. So you are going to actually be rolling your damage, but you are going to be rolling horse damage because you are on a horse and it's going to be doubled. So let's look up Sumters. You're not on really a war horse. It, it, you tend to do more damage on horses doing a charge than you would just on the ground. 3d6 is their damage. Um, you actually do more than your horse, <laughs> which is... Pretty bad horse, but you did crit. So can you roll me 66? 17. Galston yells out, be gone, foe, as he as he does this. All right. 17. So he did make his uh he did make his uh skill roll. So he you subtract eight from 17, uh leaves you a, a nine-point wound that he takes, which isn't enough quite for a major wound and your uh spear uh your lance actually snaps you broke your oh, lance on him. <laughs> can you roll me actually no i will roll for him he is staggered but is like still standing for some reason with pieces of his lance sticking up he kind of like feels it uh sees that it kind of went right past the shield into his armor into his chest and he's just kind of standing there in disbelief feeling at the piece inside him as you turn around wheel around. And like at this point um, he's looking pretty mad and he, he turns um, from Sir Gregor and um, basically runs after you. Um, what are you going to do? I'm going to, so he's running after me. I'm probably going to kind of be like bracing for his, his attack, I guess. I don't have like another weapon ready. The the weapon I was just holding just broke off like into this guy basically or, or on this guy. So um, I think that if he's like kind of coming at me. Stillen's passion for spears and spear, spear-like weapons and you have a 
another spear. Oh, so I do. You have your own spear. I do have my own spear. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, I'm going to try to try to like ready it as quickly as I can. And uh, I'm going to try to meet his advance with, with my spear, the way that uh, the way that my culture knows best. All right. So you're still in passion and it's the same value. Can you roll D20 again? Uh, 12 on a 15. 25, 35 because of your bonuses. So yes, you you crit again because he's just a guy on foot. And can you roll me 66 horse damage? 21. All right. That is enough for a major wound. And you basically charge right, right into him again. And like you pass your spear right through him as you go past and you you spin around and notice that your spear has broken off like inside of him. You're without a spear, but you have um, killed this Irish heathen who is trying to murder or ransom your knight. And you wheel around your and you see him kind of just like collapse to the ground, fall on his knees and just slide over. Do you think this is probably like the first time I've ever killed somebody? Is it? It's, it's hard to say. How many how many uh, battles have I seen, do you think? Like, uh, I would say maybe it's it's not the not the absolute first time, but probably the the like craziest experience he's had in, in just being like in, you know, like a mortal, like, you know, like his life or my life type thing. Right. You know what I mean? It's never felt like that. Real you've never been impassioned when you've killed someone exactly. before maybe that's the difference yeah something feels different about this all right so you're you're feeling like your skin's on fire at this point your poor sumter is just like breathing hard and y- you realize that um you found a break in the battle and you see your knight still pinned under his horse and he's just looking at you is like about time squire help me indeed sir and I jump down from my horse and I uh, begin trying to kind of like pull him out from from however he's stuck. And uh, my my lord, apologies for taking so long. This horse is uh, not as fast as I would have liked. And uh, he's kind of just like I don't know. He's 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 trying to uh, I guess like mask his his fear and uh, like kind of like shock right now by just like um, almost like small talking as he's like pulling him out of this like heap and um you know i don't know he's uh he's basically just like trying to get him back on his feet because he feels like once once he gets him standing again like maybe some responsibility will be like off of his shoulders cuz it's like you know right and my, you're still my coming, lord will tell me what to do you're still coming down from like the adrenaline from being impassioned as well so like sir gregor kind of looks down and you see his beautiful war horse is just ruined and he's like, this is a real pity. And he kind of bends over and cuts his horse's uh, throat. And the spurt of blood goes out and the horse stops moving. And he looks around and you notice that um, like some of the, the battle is pressed forward and you're, it's starting, you're noticing the, the Irish lines are breaking and they're in full retreat at this point. And you see him just like searching around and he's starting to un unbuckle the saddle from his dead horse uh i'll i'll like begin holding it after he takes it off it's just like uh you know it it seems it's important to him to retrieve this uh but but let me carry this of course of course and he mounts your sumter and you're kind of like walking behind him carrying this incredibly heavy saddle while he's riding your horse away from the battlefield what's what's going on your mind right now uh, such is the way. So um, we're going to uh, kind of Irish out on that scene um, as you and Sir Gregor make your way back to friendly lines. You, you get back, you you help patch him up as good as um, you can. And at, he's noticing like as like you give him a cup of wine, like he's getting more cheerful and he's talking about how um, he put down uh, two um, burly Irish warriors and he's like oh yeah and the second one was uh even bigger than you lad and indeed I getting, saw sir it was quite splendid and he's getting just even more jolly as like he's less angry about his horse and he's like kind of filling up with wine and you're probably exhausted as well um but uh the 
the battle winds down and you basically get a word that the Irish army uh, is just totally decimated. Um, it is a complete uh, decisive victory for King Arthur. In fact, a, a feast is declared and like rewards are given off. Um, the, uh, this, despite um, his uh, falling, uh, Sir Gregor is gifted with about uh, six lira in goods. You don't get any of that because you're just a squire. They the picks um kind of uh because that's I guess what they're called. The picks are in Ireland. The Scots or sorry, the Scots are in Ireland, and the Pictus army are in Scotland. But there are some here. They're they're re- they reassemble near uh. I'll, let me recon that. Um, yeah the the enemy king uh, King Anguish actually. Um, kind of uh, surrenders to King Arthur, and basically uh, Arthur gets a direct feast um, in Dublin, and Sir Brastius, which was a, a really old warhorse of a knight who was King Arthur's bodyguard, and like many years ago, takes command there. There's a, uh, a feast that's put together in Dublin a few nights later as you march on the city as it surrenders. So I think we have time for a really short feast. Absolutely, yeah. So typically at a feast, uh, you would, you know, be eating all lots, lots of uh, fancy food and drinking and have time to like uh, flirt with uh, women and like play games. However, you are a squire. While this is a pretty large feast, most of your duties are spent uh you know, tending to your knight and serving him. This is not a lowly duty. And as a round table knight, Sir Gregor is actually seated, you know, pretty close to the salt at the main table. And he's he's chatting with some higher ups and you're kind of like, you know, fetching him meat and stuff. And like your stomach is kind of grumbling because like you haven't eaten in for like ever and you're kind of hoping to have some yeah i want one of those turkey legs and like i see like there's a bunch of dogs running around and stuff and like even some of those dogs got a couple turkey legs yeah but as a squire you get the leftovers maybe actually what is uh what is uh goldston's favorite food uh probably like we can randomly roll it yeah yeah let's do that let's do that (laughs) i'll watch it be something weird like turnips or something it's 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 pretty great i love this uh this little thing um can you roll me a d20 please 20 the rarest food you want it to be the rarest one uh, no, as a 20 no. <laughs> whatever 20 says um roll me a d3 three you got the weirdest food on this list your favorite food for whatever reason is whole dry spices to aid in digestion so oh my god you are a very poor knight with extremely rich taste so basically like you see this wooden pallet of just like ground cinnamon and nutmeg just like passed around and you're like, oh, just watching it go by. I like to think I've probably only had it like once or twice, but like mm-hmm. of all the things that I could ever think of, that was my favorite thing. It was just like that handful of cinnamon or, or I don't know like what spice, yeah. were, but it's just like, was just such a experience and feeling that it's just like, I don't know. He's just you had a, a few real grains spice of freak. Yeah. You, you had a few grains of sugar once and it's like, wow, this is like more than my horse will eat in a year cost-wise. Yeah. It's it's not like it's not like uh something he even like aspires to have all the time, but mm-hmm. he's tasted that little little taste of the ultimate luxury and uh yeah, he remembers it and he likes it. Since uh you are a squire and you're duties are mostly at this point you know taking care of your knight it's a longer feast because it is like a victory feast but there let's say that there is time for you to get like one round of something in would you like to draw from the feast deck yes all right roll me a one a d155 33 that's really cool that that exists <laughs> a feast deck yes there's a lot of little mini games in pendragon and this is one of my favorites. I can already tell I'm going to really like, uh, I don't know, just like the the kind of like downtime stuff, like the winter scenes sound really mm-hmm. cool. And like, uh, yeah, I just, I like that, that, that this game kind of has that, that style of thing. 
All right. So boasting knights, knights nearby boasted their great deed to, uh, so um, there's a bunch of uh, um, knights around just boasting and you're kind of caught up in it. Do you, do you want to boast of your great deeds? No, I don't. Uh, More the modest type. All right. Uh, In that case, check your modest and you know, you hear um, knights basically claiming, oh, I killed 10 Irishmen on that one. Oh, yeah, well, I took down an Irish knight. There's no such thing. Irish knights don't exist. They're just men on horses with no honor. And he's like, well, I took I took two horses from the battlefield. Oh, yeah, well, you sh- I was the first man into the charge. And you're just um, listening to all these knights um, kind of boasting about, but you're like, I'm just a squire at this point. And then, like, as you're handing, you know, a, a trencher full of, like, uh, steamed eels to uh, your knight, Sir Gregor, he stands up and says, I was pinned down on the ground, and my squire, with my own lance, charged forth and killed an Irishman and saved me from destruction. And the room kind of gets uh, quiet for a little bit, and King Arthur just nods. Golston so, kind of looks down. He's just like, wow. How are you feeling about that? Basically feeling a little bit of shock to be noticed by the great King Arthur and to even just be acknowledged by his Lord is uh, that alone would have been just an amazing feeling. But the fact that he was uh, given like a nod by the, by the great King Arthur, he, uh, he feels like kind of like starstruck and just like almost, um, yeah, it's just like, like butterflies in his stomach. And, uh, for a moment, he he like thinks to himself about just you know his his own potential, and you know because like he's he is just a lowly squire, but but maybe he feels himself capable of something greater, and um and maybe he's like kind of like proving to himself that he's capable of something greater, uh, even though he's like trying to um you know try he tries to like rein in his uh his kind of like pridefulness, even though he did have like a an outburst of just like sheer pride uh taking over today um he's like it's like since he does have that kind of like higher modesty he's trying to uh stay like uh grounded and yeah stay exactly yeah yeah so you're you're looking around and uh like everyone's for like the briefest moments everyone's eyes were on you even you know the king and you look you notice that you know sir gregor's kind of into his cups at this point but you know the the feeling behind it was true and you're you're getting some looks and some nods and like you see a a young serving wench just kind of like grinning at you and she smiles and then like you kind of smile back and then she opens her mouth and you notice she's missing quite a few teeth and you're like oh okay (laughs) so uh i think that's where we're going to iris out on the um inaugural adventure of squire golliston in the year 530 Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening in. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.